that time again. Yeah? Yeah. It's that time. To talk to CJ? It is. But also to use the promo code DANGLE at manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping. I actually got a couple of tweets yesterday from people saying mine just arrived. And I said, that's fantastic. Congratulations on being clean. I just used mine to shave my chest the other day. But not too much, right? It gives you a little stubble. But not too much, you know what I mean? You, you just, yeah, I'm you not got, quite you Tom the, Selleck. You got the let him know hair. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, it's here, but it's not in your face. And I think that's important, right? You don't want to be too no, in someone's face. It's in your chest. 100%. Let's get the show started. 20% off and free show. I said it. Dangle! When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Steve Dangle Podcast. Powered by Sports Interaction. Canada's Sportsbook. S-D-P-P. The Steve Dangle Podcast. With your hosts, Steve Dangle, Adam Wilde, and Jesse Blake. If you've been a fan of this show for a while, you know that every single start of the season and every single end of the season, we have CJ on, and that does not change. Nope. CJ is joining us in just a couple of minutes, and I... I, I I, I want to ask you guys before we get into this, mm. how do you think this is going to go? Because this is unlike any other Game 7 loss we've seen. This was a great regular season. It's a great team. There have been times where we've walked away from this excited. There have been times we walked away from this anxious. And there have been times we walked away from this depressed. What do you think the main feeling after this episode is going to be? No bullshit. Cut to the chase. You're going to know what sort of vibe we're heading for this summer. Dubas and and Shani kind of threw like a big bucket of cold water on everybody's plans for the summer is about, hey, we got to fire Dubas and we got to trade everyone. And they're like, you know what? It's not really happening. So I'm interested to see where CJ lands on all of that because they're really like, hey, nothing's really going to change. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's mid-May. Mid-May's truth is not... <laughs> A July seventh truth. Yeah. That's true. Hey, what's the what's the thing, the burning question you want to ask the most? What's the thing that you're like that you've been like you've been preparing for the CJ interview? What's the thing you want to know the answer to the most? Have you used the promo code Dangle to get to not that one? Not that shipping. one. That's also no. important, but <laughs> Jack for me. Yeah, it's gotta be. It was okay. Okay, so you say Jack Campbell. Um, I have William Nylander, but I also have another player on the back end. Interesting. And you won't name him. No, I won't. He's only one of eight people. Who could he be? Anyway, it's very, very interesting. Morgan it's, Riley. It's so funny Will about Morgan it. be traded? <laughs> uh, no. The guy they just locked up for eight years. Fuck off. You're gone. <laughs> You're gone. The guy with the reasonable contract who plays really hard. You know that trade thing? Him. That thing most teams do when they lock a guy up for eight years trade is they him. get rid of him right away. Yep. 
Yeah. No, I Fuck think there's, there's going to be uh, there's going to be some changes with the Leafs this year. It's just a, the question is what we'll get to that with CJ in a second. But first, OK, well, here we are again. Another season, another game seven loss. And CJ joins us. Woo! CJ joins hey, us. Awesome. All the things that went well and why this will be OK next year. Right. Is that what we're talking about today? I'm not here for hope. You're not. I'm just here to tell the, it like it is. Okay, so tell Cold us. Truth. Which is not to say there isn't reason for hope, but I'll let you guys decide if there's hope. Mm. Okay. Mm. I'm not here to sell any hope, I guess, is, is what I'm thinking. I like that. Because there been, there's been years where CJ has come on and he said there's going to be major changes, and there were. There's been yep. years where it's like, well, there's COVID, and we don't know, and we didn't. And now <laughs> it's, sort of, it's sort of murky, right? Because this is a 115-point team. Yeah. Hard to argue with 115 points in the regular season. But unfortunately, in a results-based business, if you're getting the same result, people do expect change. And so you you talk to Shani, you talk to Dubas, you talk to the players. What's your sense of yesterday and where the organization is right now? Well, they don't see it as the same result. Like, it's the same ending in that there isn't a series victory. They're not playing games as round two opens right now. But they, they do really believe the way they lost, the season they had, the way individuals performed makes this different. And look, at, I know this is going to be hard for some for portions of the fan base. I see you in my comments. Yep. I see you in my Twitter feed. I actually tend to agree with them. And like, I really believe if they just flopped again this season against Tampa, okay, that might be a different direction. But I think... Really, I, I think that they, they this reaffirmed their process. And okay. Well, I know it's a hard look. At, you're never going to win media day at the end of that season if no. that's if that's your takeaway. But they're not there to win media day. They're trying to do what they think is best to win the Stanley Cup. Did Sheldon Keefe secure his job for next season when he won Game Five? Oh, stop it. That's a bad. Why? Why? <laughs> wow. Grenades hit right yeah, away. It's, it's a Bab Babcock reference from 2019. Yeah. I, just, I wanted to get it out of the way. I remember. Uh, well, Sheldon Keefe, I mean, it's pretty clear that Kyle Dubas won't be the one to fire him. I mean, he said no. yesterday, essentially, he was asked directly about Pete DeBoer and Barry Trotz being available. And he said, look, I think in 15 years, you'll be talking about Sheldon Keefe the way you're talking about those guys now. And so we're, he's good. And he said he's going to have that success in Toronto. So to me, there's no question as long as Kyle Dubas is making the decision, I can't see a scenario Sheldon Keefe is fired. Okay. Um, and it's not just because they're old buddies. Like, I mean, it's like, that's not just a statement like, hey, I like him. We've had success in the past. That's like, this guy's going to, I mean, he's had a ton of regular season success. His, re his record's ridiculous. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, yeah. it is hard to argue that he wouldn't have that trajectory. And other coaches, it took Barry Trotz. Like, if you remember his rep in Nashville was he could never get his team over the hump. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I don't think it's a ridiculous position to take, but there are people out there that want blood, right? Like mm -hmm. somebody wants something. Give me the GM. Give me the head coach. Give me one of these core four. Like, there's got to be something different. And, and my read is that none of those things are going to be changed, you know, come October I don't. I, 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 <laughs> the silence honest. there was golden. I don't. Yeah. I, I, like, are we? I thought, I thought you were going to continue to be. Honest. Are we? My bad. I'm not. A. I'm not surprised. Yeah. B. I think they're right. It was a different game seven loss than Montreal because Montreal was not just a game seven loss. It was a game uh, five, six, and seven loss. Yeah. And and games five and six where they fell behind. I know they fell behind this time too and won game five, but like they were down what three nothing. Yeah. 
three nothing, two nothing. And they were it was an inferior opponent. I think that's that's really what it comes down to. Yeah, you're playing the fifth best team versus at least in the regular season versus the 18th best team, which is what Montreal was. And I think, you know, you know, the way they lost in the two series against Boston and then Columbus, where it didn't seem like the team like the team was skidding already with the David Ayers game. And that was pretty clear. Uh, But then when they came back, it was sort of like, do we really want to be here? That's what it felt like watching the the 2020 Leafs and then 2021. You know, you lose Tavares. Deneau shuts you down, sure, but you still win three three games in four. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and so, I, is is the is the management? Because here's what I want to get a sense of. I know that there are Leaf fans that want to blow it all up. I know there are Leaf fans that want to run it back. I'm in the second camp. I think you run it back. Um, but but I want to know what this management group actually thinks because to me. The way they set it up, we watched the press conference yesterday. Jess, you were saying that you watched the whole half an hour thing, and yep. Dubas is like filibustering, talking about all the uh, all the prospects in the system. Yeah, it's like, a, okay. There's a seven minute period in there where we're just talking about the yeah. prospects, like, and he runs down all of them in the system. Like the Leafs Nation. Bobby McMahon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and like Pontus Holmberg. I'm yeah, like, I don't right. think you're going to put this part in the sun. Yeah. I'm like, I don't <laughs> need this. <laughs> like the Leafs Nation writes about all these guys. I know who they are. Like, we don't need to, we don't need to jump into that. But what I would, but what I do really want to know is, did they set themselves up for something this summer by not saying anything at all? Because if they, if if Kyle Dubas comes out yesterday and says there's going to be major changes, well, you've now just automatically lowered the trade value of all your players, right? Yes. Or you've put unnecessary pressure, right? Because I think the reality is, like, look, they probably would trade someone like William Elander if they were getting something back that that made sense. But I don't think any of us can say, even as great a season as Nylander had, that, that that trade is out there. Like, this is my issue with, like, talk radio. And, I, you know, I'm going <laughs> on there. And, like, they're always just like, I've never heard of it. let's get rid of a guy. And I'm like, okay, fair. Like, I'm not saying anyone should really be untouchable, except for a couple obvious exceptions. And, but what are you getting back? And then, like, then we can have a real conversation. And so I think it would be insane of him to say, yeah, we're going to trade one of our top players because he doesn't know what the returns are. And the returns are not going to get it any better if the teams he's dealing with know he's already boxed himself in that corner. Because I think if you look closely at what Kyle said, he said, first of all, he sees the core being more than just the four players. Mm-hmm. And he sort of said, I have to constantly look at that mix. Which I think it's easy to interpret that, you know, I, I think he's probably not moving one of the, the four guys, but maybe someone just around the ring. Like a Muzzin type contract? Could be someone like that. I mean, I'm trying to think who else might fit. Like, I don't know. Do we count Alex Kerfoot in that group? Maybe not. I think Brody. Tough to move Brody. How are you moving Brody? Right. Well, because he's good. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> saying they should. I'm just trying to figure out who's in the the who's the extended core. The rings mm-hmm. of Saturn. <laughs> right. Well, it's it's a little less clear, right? Because la- like, if we go back to last season, it was pretty clear at that point. Like Zach Hyman and Frederick Anderson were in that group. They have both been longtime Leafs. Uh, they were part of sort of the, the, you know, when there's leadership meetings behind the scenes, they were part of it. I'm a little less clear, but I think Muzzin is definitely in that tier. Mm-hmm. And this is not at all to say Jake Muzzin will definitely be traded, but I think it's something you have to look at if you can make the move just because, you know, his age, the miles on the chassis, the $5.6 million cap hit, the need to maybe shift some things around. I mean, even to create a spot for Rasmus Sandin to have yeah. more of a regular spot in the lineup. I mean, if you have Brody, Riley, Muzzin, like, at some point you, you need to create room for these guys to play. I think Justin Hall, you know, could potentially be moved too because the same argument for Timothy Lilligren that, you know, time has come both Sandine and Lilligren need new deals too. So 
you're going to be paying them a little bit more. And I think you have to give them opportunity to come in. And so I, I think, Adam, to go back to your original point, I think he left open a window there that if, if something big and a little bit unexpected happens, he didn't box himself in with his comments. It's mm. not going to be like he lied or he misdirected us. I think he was very careful how he positioned the questions about the core. Um, and I came away thinking, likely those four guys are back, mm -hmm. the four highest paid forwards. Uh, but, there, and this is a caveat, you know, they might explore the trade market and see, maybe there's a way to redistribute a Nylander's money to something else. What do they think that they're missing? Okay, there's two ways to go with this. I think the goaltending is going to look different. And so I don't know if they're missing anything, but their starter is a number one goaltender who's potentially going to be UFA. They have the ghost of Peter Morazic's contract on the <laughs> books. They have obviously some younger guys that, that they don't see as one or even number two options, like reasonably entering next season. So that's an area that absolutely 100% has to be addressed. I don't know that they think that they're m missing too many key elements, maybe a little bit of meanness. Mm-hmm. Like just a small element of that. And I'm not talking about guys that are going to go out there and fight 15 times a year or, you know, I, I, you know, look at the way Tampa plays. Like that to me was one small difference in the series. Like, first of all, their blue line is pretty mean and big. Like you might yeah. go in their corner and you might even win the puck battle, but like Eric Chernak is going to remind you that you went in his corner <laughs> yeah. in some way. And like, you know, in some degrees, like Muzzin can be like that. Obviously Labushkin brought some of that element. So I could see them looking for functional players that make you feel it a little bit more that can play in the hard games. But I don't actually think that they feel they're missing all that much. I mean, that's, that's part of the filibustering. I mean, when you get 115 points, that isn't an accident, right. honestly. No, it's not. Yeah. And so I think that they're, I think all they're missing is another chance at their main guys getting better, tinkering around the, the edges and then you know to me the goaltending might be the biggest decision like just how that all plays out like there's everybody loves jack campbell this is going to be a hard negotiation or hard decision because there's no room for sentiment on either side jack campbell's not made very much money relative to what someone in his as a professional athlete can make he's 30 years old so he's going to have to make an important business decision and i don't think they can probably pay him what the market might pay him and so if you let him walk out the door which I think is a distinct possibility. Like, how are you replacing that? What are you doing with Mrazek's contract? Do you think Mrazek can play? You know, after this season where he missed, you know, three separate times with injury, can you actually bring him back and hope he's something? Oh. I mean, it's, it's going to be a bit of a dice. I mean, goaltending is a dice roll, mm -hmm. generally. But I feel like they got a couple die there and they're like, ooh, how's this going to go? Um, big summer, man. And I don't know where, I don't know how many doors we want to open, but next well, year really matters. Like, I know we say that every season, like this year is the year they have to win. Like next year at this time, when we're doing this decompression of lease season, we're going to be talking about Austin Matthews, Willie or Wilney sign a, a, a contract extension on July 1st. And so I think what happens between now and July 1st, 2023 is vitally important because if there's any scenario where Austin Matthews has doesn't want to resign here, then the whole, the gig is up, I think. Like, I don't even know how, how do you proceed as an organization? And Without and that player, it's tough. But I'm just saying, like, given what, is there any example in hockey, though, if they were to lose him, like, this is highly hypothetical. I'm not even predicting they're going to lose him. And we can get into more about what that might be. But I think that everything, therefore, like, if you work backwards, has to be on how can we ensure he's going to stay? Because if he's leaving, I don't know how they can be a cup contender anyway. 
unless you're maybe like trading him straight up for Connor McDavid or something. Like if, <laughs> if you're doing something like, again, like if you're doing something like that, okay, then I'll say, yes, they still have a chance to win if, if you're replacing him with Connor McDavid. But you know, I, for a whole host of reasons, I'm not sure that's going to happen either. So um, yeah, I, this is a huge year and a huge 13 months to, to be in a position where the franchise player, arguably the best player in franchise history isn't even thinking twice about resigning. Now, along those lines, because this is interesting, we talked about this on the last show, and I kind of brought it up. You know, the Leafs instituted when Lou Lamorello was in, basically, uh, nobody special here, sort of thing, right? They've been very, I mean, they've been quietly open about that. Um, now they have legitimate superstars, especially with Marner and Matthews. Um, and you have a guy like Austin Matthews, who I think, you know, could be ready to be the captain. Um, I actually think he probably should be. Um, and that's just my personal opinion. But do you think that that's the sort of direction they move in? Because like, listen, no offense to like Ilya Labushkin, but management's not going to treat Labushkin the same as they're going to treat Matthews. Right. But it seems as though that sort of thing hasn't happened yet. Do you think that changes? I think it will a little bit. I think it's changed a, like behind the scenes. Has slightly. it? Like Lou's been gone for four years, right? Right. And so, you know, Kyle Dubas, obviously he, he grew up under Lou essentially in his job, but like he operates differently. I think he's way more open with his players in general. I think he consults them on a whole host of things like down to, hey, how do we want to handle the travel in this series? Like, do we want to bus across the buff to Buffalo to avoid the COVID testing? Like, I think that that there's a far more collaborative process in general inside the Leafs organization since Lou left, you know, where it was very top down and and I'm in charge and Babs is in charge and um so um I I would be surprised if Austin and Mitch, you know, I don't think it's just about Austin, but if, certainly not. If, no, if, but we're talking about the guy who's up in Well, he's years, the right? next one, right? He and William Nylander both can be free agents on the same day, July 1st, 2024, but with respect to Nylander, Austin is more of a priority. He's younger. He's a center. He's just scored 60 goals in 73 games or whatever it was. Um, so I, I do think that, that the process of trying to resign him or, or making him comfortable to resign starts probably yesterday. Like, I think it's already on. And so that is having open dialogue with him about what he sees with the team, what he maybe thinks they need, uh, how he feels about things like the coaching staff and how certain things are handled. You know, it might come to include a, a con, you know, conversation about the captaincy. I, I don't know that that's happened yet, but I don't think it's crazy to imagine it might. And yeah, there's an ability here. Look at Austin Matthews loves being a Maple Leaf. Like we should, I don't okay, want because no one ever says that. Right. Do we ever? Do we ever hear anybody say that? I hear CJ say it. Well, I, I, just, I know all I hear is all I hear is Berkey from like three years ago. Why he's leaving for Arizona? Yeah. Well, I can I can say with 100 percent certainty he's not going to play in Arizona. Okay. So. <laughs> You know, nice. Like I don't. Think well, we're not sure Arizona's going to play in Arizona for much longer at this point. We're not sure. I mean, look, he's not going to go play on a college campus. Okay. No, and I actually think that will be a challenge for the Coyotes, unless it somehow turns out to be this wild success that none of us could imagine. I, I mean, they're going to have trouble getting top tier free agents to choose that, right? I mean, it's not. Mm -hmm. It's not really an NHL facility as much as they're trying to make that work and spend some money to make it. So, you know. I, I think all things being equal, he would love to be Maple Leaf for the next stretch beyond this contract. But if you're him, and look, he's, I get he's been on the team, so I'm not separating him from the team, but like he wants to be on a team that can win the cup too, and they haven't had success. So like he's, like any 
highly driven athlete, like he's already at the point. This is actually, this should be exciting for the Leafs, I think. He's at the point where I don't think he gives a shit at all about personal anything. Like, you know, he's probably winning the heart in my estimation this year. He's got two Rocket Richard trophies. He won the Calder. He hit 60 goals, like a pretty big milestone. He's got the Leafs single season goal record by a know, lot. Pretty wide margin. Like six mm-hmm. goals above is is significant. Like he's like he's kind of like in God tier level of what things he can control individually. And, and he'll still get lots of individual cookies, but I don't think at all he's going to care about that stuff, which is the best possible scenario. Like that's, it seems like most young athletes kind of go through that transition. Like he's far from the first. Um, and not to say he was selfish before, but I think he's like a, a frame of mind, like it's cup. That's all. The only trophy that matters is, is the one that the Leafs have not gotten within three rounds of. Uh, during his time here. And so, you know, I think his decision primarily will be like, where can I win? Like, look, he, he's going to get the same sort of contract everywhere. The maximum a player can be paid is 20% of the cap. So that's 16 and change right now. My guess is his next deal, wherever it is, is somewhere in that ballpark. Like he might not go all the way to 20%. Look at what athletes get paid in the other sports. You'd be a bench player in the NBA at 16 million. Right. And, and I would, and I don't say this on behalf of Austin Matthews. Like when I was a kid and I got gray in my beard now, when I was a kid, guys were making 10, 11, 12 million in the NHL. Like that's still the top range of what the players are paid 20 years later. So I don't, this isn't, again, this isn't like Austin's mind frame. Like I think all the top players should be like, Hey, wait a minute. Like we, there's, there's a difference between like a 60 goal centerman and a guy, no offense to anyone down the lineup, but like what he, like you literally can't replace that. That's no. like, it's almost like never existed in the modern day NHL, what he does. And so there's huge value to that. And I think that those players should be paid. I think we're going to start like very interesting. Like Nathan McKinnon needs a new deal, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. This is the first summer he can sign a year out from the end of his current contract. Where does Nathan McKinnon push it? Does he get more than McDavid? He certainly has, in my estimation, he has the leverage to do so. I don't know if he'll use it. He seems like a pretty easygoing guy. I remember there was a quote from a couple of years ago in Forbes. He said like, yeah, I don't care what I get paid. Like this is lots of money. <laughs> so maybe he won't be of the mindset. You know, I don't know where he's at on that, but I, I, th- I think we're going to start to see the, the bar get raised a little bit. And so anyway, it's a long way of saying Austin's a, if we just accept the argument, he'll more or less get paid a lot of money wherever he plays. There's probably only five or six or eight cities. I don't, you know, I don't know this precise number, but where we can say he's going to go. And then, he, and then you, so you're already like eliminating a lot of the league. And then you have to get to a point where it's a team he thinks he can win on. Mm-hmm. And so th- I really think we're down to probably a handful of teams. I don't have a crystal ball of where that'll be at, but you look at like an up and coming team like LA, maybe like that, oh, it, it could, theor- oh, where it could theoretically make sense. Like again, mm-hmm. you, again, I'm just eliminating, I mean, it's sort of obvious. Like, I don't know, where's Tampa at at that point? Have Rangers. They sh- have they oh, shed, have, but has Tampa shed enough contracts at that point where they can do it? Maybe the Rangers, I, I, you know, even the Rangers are like, they've committed a lot of money long-term to a lot of players. Like the point is, is if it ever got to this, there wouldn't be that many landing spots realistically. And, and I think Toronto is absolutely number one at the top of that list. Like if he signs one more deal here, he's rewriting every Leafs record more or less. I mean, it'd be him or Marner. I mean, if him and Marner both play, it'll be a question who has more points. It'll be pretty close. But anyway, and as long as, and he wants to be a guy that wins a cup here, man. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. as much as days like Saturday nights suck for those guys, they wake up Sunday. Okay. Maybe Monday, maybe there's a hangover in there somewhere, but by like Tuesday, they're already like, this is the fuel. Like this is st-. like, they all, they see 
Edmonton and Calgary, you see them win one round, right? Did you see the emotion that both those were home game seven wins? Calgary's was an overtime win. Like, do you see the outpouring? And like, you know, you were in the arena, Jesse and, and Adam, for game <laughs> seven. Like, if the Leafs won that night. Oh, my God. Oh, it'd be an extra. There were police all over, by the way. Like, <laughs> well, all yeah. the way up the street, all the way around. Like, they were ready for a win. Yeah, it was prepared like it was for the Raptors parade. They were expecting people to flood the streets. Yeah. And with good reason. Like, I was at the Saturday morning, like, slash early afternoon when I got out of the morning skate. Like, day drinking on the street already going on. Like, wow. It was a nice Saturday afternoon in Toronto. Some people were ready to go. Um, so, anyway, it's a long way of getting back to, like, I think those guys still dream of ending all this. Of, of making Steve Dangle make the video of his lifetime. Yeah. Oh. Game one, round two. <laughs> <laughs> the video of Steve Dangle's life. It's such a low bar. <laughs> I, I just spent the last 72 hours looking at my YouTube analytics and just weeping. <laughs> just uh, because, because it's this huge spike and it just drops off. Mm -hmm. It just drops off and goes away. There's no more games. There are no more. So you can't you can't engage people anymore. I I mean I can, but it won't be the same as if there were games. If it was if if I do a game seven win video followed by second round videos, oh oh. Anyway, what happens if you I, do round three and round four videos? Oh man, I uh, die on camera, <laughs> the happiest man to have ever lived. Yeah, just oh well. Where are your energy levels at doing those live feeds every other night? I don't I don't have a problem. I don't really? have a problem at all. Um, the The problem is uh, the time in between, <laughs> right? So my like my voice is still recovering. You can hear it, um, but the the heart rate monitor we don't have up pregame. But if we did, it would be higher than at most points during the game. I'm a big like you um, get a little anxious almost or oh huge like yeah. big time like um, I hate. The, the, what I always compare it to is standing in line for a roller coaster. The roller coaster is almost the relief. Right. Like, okay, just throw me in a bunch of loops at mock speeds. Like, I'll be fine. But standing there and waiting for it, I'm, I'm just, I'm shaken. Like, I bet I'm actually, players are like that. Mm. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, the, once okay. the game starts, it is just a game. But, like, all the buildup and the energy. And who, who's the guy who used to throw up before every game? I want to say he was on the Blackhawks. Was it the goalie? Suter. Oh, I have heard of a goalie too. There's been several players like that, and I don't get, I don't really get stomach nervous. Right. Um, TMI. Yeah, <laughs> I, don't, I don't get stomach nervous. I just get jittery nervous. I, I wanted to ask you about uh, Mitch because you were talking about Austin and Mitch. There's no player who I was more mad at <laughs> when when they lost to Montreal, and a lot of this fan base was ready to chuck him out the door. He follows it up with. Bit of a slow start, like the rest of the team, followed by the best season of his career in terms of goal scoring, in terms of everything, basically. What do you know about his season from start to finish that was different from the last? I think he's, I mean, look, he's growing up the way everybody who gets older grows up. Yeah. I think he's getting more mature. I think he's getting a little less, maybe paying a little less attention to what everyone's saying. And look, he's been an awesome player his whole career. He just, I think if anything, if, if I'm diagnosing him from afar, which I am not qualified to do, but here I am, I got a mic and it's on. Yep. <laughs> the, I, I see a guy when it got to the playoffs against Montreal, it's almost too much pressure on himself. Like, it's not like no one's questioning whether he cares and no one's questioning his ability because we've all seen his ability from the day 
he walked in the NHL like at like 160 pounds and somehow didn't get killed. Like if he's that. yeah. Like he never gets hit, right? He's so smart. He's so just like his brain is one step ahead of everyone. Like it's like it's different than Kucherov, but it reminds me of Kucherov. Like Kucherov barely ever gets touched, and he's just like, "Hey, I see what you're doing. I'm going to do the thing you haven't even thought that I'm going to do yet." Like yeah. it's just like Jedi mind. <laughs> like tricks. last night. Yeah. Oh my god. Unbelievable. Yeah. Exactly. And so what I see from Mitch as a guy who's growing up who gives a little bit less of a shit about everything else, and he just he's like, "You know what? I'm good. I'm going to go be good." And and the second half of the season, he was beast mode. Like I think. Oh. You know, Jonas Siegel always quotes the from a certain date. I think it was January 15th, the end of the year, he had the most points in the league. Um, you know, can't argue with that. And in the playoffs, okay, it wasn't domination every shift, but he gave me enough moments to be like, this is what he's paid for. He's living up. Like that game five pass to Matthews off the pad. Oh, man. I mean, how bad did they need that goal? I know they didn't Huge. win the series, but like winning that game, like that felt that felt like to me... That was where I was like, okay, they're in this series. Because like they get they get stomped on in game four, and you're like, same thing. They're down in game five. It almost like carried over to the start of game five, like really tough first period. And then they they really push back. Like it wasn't just that they scored some goals and won the game. Like they actually took control of the game. If you look at like the shot attempts and everything, like they went and got that. And this is where this is where I think there's regret or whatever. This is they should have probably won the series in game six. Like they played a damn good game six for a They did. Yep. They did. Yeah. And a couple of errant sticks and that series is over. Like that five on three, they allowed them to tie the game. But other than that, like it's not like the third period they were under siege. Like no. they didn't just go into a shell. And even overtime, I mean, it's not like they had grade A after grade A, but they had the better chances, in my view. Breakaway and oh. Do you know what? Yeah. I actually was thinking like it would be sort of I, in my mind, there was a ton of breakaways that got stopped in that series by Vasilevsky. Like, I'd like to know the number. Like, a, a lot, lot of, like, of them from Willie. Yeah. Too. He, he but, broke free at least two or three times. Yeah. Like, early in the series, there's a couple shorthanded ones he stopped. Yeah. Like, I know he was still letting in three or four a night at that point, but he was still making like one extra save. It's like, man, you scoring one of those breaks. Anyway, you can play this game forever. And Duh. Looking ahead to next year, we all characterize this season as the all or nothing season <laughs> and like, oh, Dubas is going to get fired if they don't win again. Is next year finally the year where people look at it like that? Or is there some scenario again where it's, hey, they tried really hard, even though they didn't make it past the first round. Are we finally, our heads going to roll? Like, when does that inevitably come? I think it has to be next year. Just because that's such a, July 1st, 2023 Someone, Mike Trakos asked a question yesterday of them and he called it the doomsday clock. Yeah. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure I'm going to label, label it the doomsday clock, but it's such a big moment. It's like a franchise defining moment. And so how they arrive there matters. Right. And, and so to me, it's just, it's hard to say if they have 120 regular season points, but losing round one in game seven and it's really close and the referees do this. And I still don't, I, I think that, man, I don't even, it's hard to even imagine that they're going to lose another first round series, but. You know, we got 12 months to talk about it and think about it. It feels like right now they're not allowing themselves to lose their heads. But if they get the same result next year, they even play better and get completely screwed. Uh, I don't think there's any keeping your head. What do you think? Yeah. I'm sorry. Go well, ahead. Here's the thing. You're running out of time with this core for sure, where you know, hey, we could just keep rolling it like. Really, the bet is when you keep it the same, is just like, these guys are so good. Eventually, the right things will line up in their favor, and they're going to have monster playoffs. And They'll honestly, they could have had monster playoffs this year. Like, not th they all had really strong first rounds. If, they, if they're playing again, like, mm -hmm. like, 
this the ingredients were there for this to be what you'd want yeah well uh but you're running out of those opportunities you are you are and and Tavares uh Tavares is a was a topic of conversation much of the season uh he did have some streaky moments but he's always sort of been a guy that streaks on and then streaks off there were people in talk radio who were like he's done he's washed he had a couple of huge goals including one that was called back in game seven what's his role next season I mean I know Elliot kind of mused about him potentially being like a guy who wins face-offs and then immediately goes to the wing. Do you get the sense that that his skating can't keep up with the skating on the team? Or do you think he just goes into next season just kind of like we did last year? I know he's going to be a Leaf, but it's what role is that? Well, I think it's got to evolve, right? I mean, any older player, you're always looking for something different. I mean, Stamco somehow just had his first 100-point season. He's a year older oh, than Tavares, right? And like, I know some of that's, he gets a lot done on the power play. You know, Tavares actually has been an excellent power play player for the Leafs. I, I think that, that Elliot's onto something. I mean, to me, it was always inevitable. He wasn't going to be a pure center the entirety of that seven-year contract. Th- there's nothing wrong with that, though. Lots of players have had that happen to them and still been highly useful guys. I think the question is, who's ready to step up and... Like, is it Willie? I would give him the shot. Like maybe it's Marner, I don't know, but I I would probably, center. I would probably go with Nylander though. Hmm. But you know the one thing. Look at the coach who shall not be named. The one thing that I actually kind of agree <laughs> with him on is like I don't know that you should always have Marner and Matthews together. I just think they're so individually brilliant that if you're looking to find like again, I'm not saying they should never play together either, which was part of what his thing was. But um, <laughs> you know, I I do think that splitting them up just in general, makes some sense. I think Austin Matthews is scoring a lot of goals with Steve Dangle and Jesse Blake on his wings. <laughs> as good as they are. As, as bad as they are. And we both have zero assists. <laughs> <laughs> but a hundred hearts. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah, Tavares had his best season when he played with Mitch. He did. Yeah. And that was part of the original pitch to him. I remember they made like the whole hype video that I'd love to see one day, but Mitch was, it was the whole idea of Mitch was out there skating and this is the guy you'll play with. So like maybe there's some moving around there. I, I, I don't actually worry about him as much as everyone else. Like I think that, that he is so dedicated that I have some faith that using all the resources, like, you know, he's not leaving any opportunity out there. Like he's probably working out right now. Yes. Like, <laughs> no like, question. Like literally, no question. like he I'm doesn't not do anything fun. Like he's probably not at like, you know, the rest of us might like have a tough loss and be like, let's go to Cabo and drink one of everything in front of us. I don't think that that's his approach at all. And the Leafs have invested huge amounts of money in sports science and all this stuff. And I know no one wants to hear this, but like, you know that he's going to squeeze every little thing out of his career he possibly can. And I, and I think that he's, it's just going to, his role will diminish slightly. It's already diminished, right? I mean, he's sort of a second tier player on the team. Like when, when, you're looking for you want him to have a moment and, and multiple moments in a long playoff run, but you're not looking for him to drive the engine. No. And everyone's gonna go, oh, the contract and eleven million and blah 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 blah. Well, guess what? You, at some point you need someone to come up that's making nine hundred thousand that's making a difference too, because they're younger and they're on the upswing and they're on their way to making eleven million one day. And so that's that's gonna be really difficult to find. But Braden Point is a third round draft pick. Like like Sorelli. Tampa yeah. Tampa picked number one and number two, Stamkos and Hedman, but and they had some other good good players when those guys were young. But as like St. Louis and all those guys moved on, they they had to reinforce from not obvious places. Even Kucherov was a second round pick. And I know that there's not it's not like there's one recipe or template to building a champion, but the Leafs frankly have to find some players 
in not obvious places because they're not going to be picking first or second overall as long as this is the core. And they're going to have to find ways that, yeah, you can sort of move Tavares into softer spots and have someone soak up those minutes that doesn't make his salary. Like I, and they understand that. Like I, I don't necessarily see it. It's a, it's, I guess it's a challenge. But to me, that's not the main concern with the group. It, it's like I want to see what their blue line looks like, frankly. Mm-hmm. I, I still think that there's issues back there. Like Labushkin was fine, and I think it was sort of creative how they went and got him, but he's now a UFA. Like who is Morgan Riley going to play with next year? Like I think that that's a real question, and I it's think a forever question. It's, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> every season agree. we ask that. Sorry, this is the 2016 yeah. end of season. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's crazy. I thought I thought it was finally solved once and for all with Brody, and turns out, and maybe it's Brody, right? Yeah, mm. could be. But I think that that needs to be sorted out. Lilligren. Oh. They need some score. Like they could have used a little bit more scoring somewhere in the bottom six too. Yep. Like they. You know, a Ross Colton or a Nick Paul, you know, like Tampa got some big goals from guys a little down their roster in that series. Corey Perry mm-hmm. scored a couple goals. Yep. And he Th- scored again to start round two. So this is what I was trying to say last show is Tampa, you know, for all the talk of, you know, no state tax and, you know, they have all these big stars making, making, you know, they all left money on the table. They didn't leave that much on the table. Like they're all still making big money. They get big performances though from, Braden Point's now making a lot of money, but he was a depth pick. Sorelli, that's a depth pick. Ross Colton got 20 goals in the regular season. That's a depth pick. Do the Leafs have any version of that? Because it feels like every year, here's some dude who played for Tractor Chalabinsk or, you know, some KHL team. That we promised to trade by November if he's not getting ice time. Right. Well, like, to be I'm, fair, Mikheyev had a good year this year. Mikheyev's yeah. been great. And like but Bunting a, is out of nowhere. Bunting is out that, of nowhere. That was Nick Ritchie's spot, you know? Right. But you got to, generally speaking, the best teams in the league draft these guys. Hmm. You know nah, what I mean? Fair. Well, I mean, Nyes was something, p- people ask me on, on Twitter, you know, did, do you think Nyes blindsided the Leafs by going back to college? No, I think they knew all along. Like, it seems like that was a pretty open discussion. You know, obviously the Leafs wanted him to come. Mm-hmm. He probably, like, he would have played NHL games next season for them, I would think. Um, I mean, there's no, again, that's a bit of a blind guess. But I, I do think that had he turned pro now, he would have probably started with the Marlies, but he would be an option for them you know, if they needed help. You know, that could still be the case, though. He could still start in next March. Right. You know, after the NCAA tournament's done, and he could still be a factor even in the playoffs. Who, like, who knows? I don't, I don't know how that's going to play out. Uh, but I don't think they were blindsided. Um, you know, his intentions were always pretty clear. I just think they got hopeful that, you know, it's hard to say no. Yeah, sure it is. Absolutely. Now, listen, I know you got to go. I can give you five to ten more minutes. Can you? Oh. Let's go. I mean, my next meeting's late, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> no, they you won't know us. why I'm late. I, I mean, I'm you doing this in us. private. I'm doing this in private. <laughs> okay. uh, Jack Campbell, next season, north or south of... Linus Allmark's contract. Uh, is that which 5 is, million? I think it's 4.5 times 4. Mm-hmm. Is it that we talked about last show? On AAV? Yes. Yeah. North. North. I've north, heard the ask north, was as high as 7. North AAV or North term? North AAV. I'm not sure on term. But I think, you know, Cal Peterson, I believe, signed three years at 5 million. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. And uh, what did Merzlikens get? Merzlikens got something like 5. 4.5. Yeah. I think he got 5 million on his contract. 
And Georgiev, I, I believe, know is all up this. I haven't, two. I haven't dug through the numbers enough. So south of six, I think south of six, but I think five will be around the AV. Okay. And is that the direction they want to go? They want to bring back Campbell. I'm not convinced. Yeah. I'm mm. not. I'm not convinced. It's not that they don't want him. I just. I'm not sure they want to bite the apple quite that deeply, like pay him that much. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not that they want rid of the guy at all. It's just, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a tough business decision on both ends. Cause in theory, it's like a couple that should stay together or something, but I'm yeah, not but sure. If you're Jack, they're... how do you not take the most money available? Right. Mm-hmm. You know, like he's made like league men for 10 years. Yeah. You should, you should go and get it. Yeah. I would never, it's sort of like Hyman. I was like, yes, you go should get it. Yeah. Go play anywhere. Yeah. You know? And he got McDavid. He got to play with McDavid. Right. Which is pretty yeah. sweet. Not no, bad. That's yeah. not really anywhere. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, like, look, the Leafs, the Leafs wanted him to stay at less money. I mean, it's it's fine. They only had that to pay and he could earn more. I mean, it's this is business. And and players' careers are short, man. I know that we all look at the numbers and it looks like a ton of money. And I not, I don't want to go down this road because I don't want to get Chris Prongered here. <laughs> but like the truth is, is is you have if you have an opportunity to make 15 million somewhere else and at least want to pay 12 million, like it sounds like it's the same, but Were you ever earning that $3 million again in your future life? Like, it's just not Mm going to happen. Uh, Every offseason, Leaf fans focus too much on certain things. What story should we not focus on this offseason? Oh, good question. Wow. Yeah. Like, what is a waste of time? You hit me with the big J question here. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What narrative? What's an overrated narrative there, (laughs) CJ? This is the quiz, apparently. Yeah. Oh, man. Pushed by the media. Well, what what were the narratives? Start giving me some of the narratives. Like I didn't. Nylander getting traded. Um, well, you should pay attention to that because that. <laughs> Tavares going to the wing. Okay, you should pay. I, I guess I just don't know if it matters that much. Interesting. Like, look at it's great to have, like horse centerman, of course. Mm-hmm. But I think the, the positions are evolving. Like if he's still taking faceoffs and he's really damn good at that. You know, does it really matter who skates down the middle of the ice? Compl- I don't know. I, yeah. I think that maybe it can be a little overblown at times. It, it matters to him. Like, he sees the game differently. Like, just fundamentally, if you're on the wing and right. how you see the plays develop and what you can do is different than if you're in the middle and you're used to being able to kind of go everywhere. Um, but I, I don't know that it matters to the degree that it's probably, you're right, that that might be it. That's going to be something that, like, people are going to be banging this and they're going to say, like, now that contract's a disaster. And, and like, I'm not sure it functionally matters that much if William Nylander plays fine in the middle of the ice, for example. Okay. Like, that doesn't, you're still accomplishing the same thing. Mm-hmm. Did it really matter when they, you know, they were lined up this way, now they're going to line up this way, but the li- if the line still works, like, right. does it really... Mm-hmm. Might they trade their first round pick in Montreal? I doubt it. You doubt it? Okay. Well, they wouldn't say absolutely no, but I think that, they, look, it, they held on to that pick intentionally at the trade deadline yeah like they they saw they have a guy probably it's not just that they have a guy i think that they understand that they need to have these guys coming up like they they need to add you know they were they were all in on the season don't get me wrong but they really prioritize not trading the first round pick like like we saw florida right and look florida's playing in round two we'll see how it goes but they traded two first round picks Mm -hmm. right and one of them for ben Schrott. yep one of them for claude Giroux, and you know, my understanding of the Leafs, how they viewed that is that it's, there's just too much randomness in hockey that, <laughs> that even if you trade a first round pick for the right guy, but you only have them for two months and something goes wrong with your team, it's just not worth it. The reason they did it with Felino, I know everyone's going to go, whoa, 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 but Felino, they thought that year was different because it was completely divisional play. 
They had absolutely trucked their division. They knew the path to the third round was through the same teams they were beating routinely every second Tuesday. And so they they sort of switched their own individual thinking for that one trade deadline because, and, and I actually think that's, I know it didn't work out, but that's actually reasonably sound logic mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. You only have to beat one of six teams over and over and over again to get to the conference final. And they did. Until they didn't. <laughs> but... That is the difference. So, like, there is so much randomness, right? Like, because yeah. they, they they did have a hundred fifteen point season, they still drew Tampa. Like, Tampa is a bunch of badasses, man. I know. Yep. Like, I don't know where the I don't know where the SDP nations at on Tampa. Like, I don't know. Oh, if they're it's, fucking uh, tough we as think, hell. We think they're good. Yeah. yeah. No, but like, <laughs> Better team one. <laughs> but I don't know, like, if the listeners want to hear it. But like, you're watching something special with that Lightning team. One hundred percent. They might be the first cap team to three peat. Right, but like, and they just crushed Florida last night. And Braden Point. Like I like, there's no way he didn't like suffer a significant injury yeah. there. He's got no hamstring, and he was already playing injured yep. at the end of the season. He was awesome in that playoff series with the Leafs, in my opinion. Like every game I watched, I was like, "Holy crap!" Like the I entries, I love him. He's so unafraid to like drive through the middle of the ice. He doesn't care who's there. He is going to get the puck. Like it's just he, there's such a focus and determination in the way he, he sort of like leaves no doubt in his play, and. You know, I get that he's not going to win a scoring title most likely in his career, but like you win with that guy. Like, and, and it's easy for me to say because obviously they've won twice with him, but like look at the goals he scored in their playoff runs. And mm. like he just, he's such a big moment player. And I just love, and I know some of this is sort of sports narrative, but he gets injured. He tries to come back. Like it's like, it's so sad to watch, frankly. Like he just can't skate. Right. He's on the bench. Like I don't know if he's crying, but he had his head down as all his teammates are patting his back and he like sat on the bench the whole time. And remember in Stamkos, in the bubble, he only played those five shifts. He came back and sat on the bench. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, I just think they're like a team. Like, they're in it together. Like, so now points out, game one against Florida. They go down one nothing. Like, those guys just step up. And it's like Nick Paul in game seven. Like, that's what you want from a team. I think you're starting to see that, honestly, in, in the Leafs, though. You are. You like are, that, too. At the end of the day, like, yeah, Tavares didn't have the best start to the series. And then, like, man, he scored in game five, game six, and sort of game seven, but didn't count. But like, I, and I'm just saying like, and, and he started to like win all his face-offs and he started to like play hard in the, in the offensive zone. At least like the minutes he was out there, good things were happening. And, you know, William Nylander, everyone sees the turn clip. And then like, there he is like having moments. Like, yep. I, nobody is ever going to, no playoff run is ever going to be perfect. You know, Tampa also got, they lost five, nothing to start their playoffs. Right. Yep. Imagine that was the Leafs. No. Mm-hmm. Oh, or oh whatever. my God, Armageddon! But I'm just saying, or not even just the Leafs. So, like, that's an extreme example. But yeah, like, but we're we're all we're all very testy in Leafs Nation, right? So a five nothing loss to us is perhaps different than the two time Stanley Cup champions, right? But like, Tampa didn't look like they had it half that series. I think no, that maybe that's no. where if you want to have regret, is the Lightning looked a little gettable in that series until mm-hmm. the end. Like they really got it together at the end, but they were. I, I was wondering about their will, their, you know, how tired they might be. You know, Vasilevsky wasn't as sharp as he's been in the past. He's played a lot. Like, it's just, it looked like maybe that the meter was running to, ding, to unempty there. Hmm? I was going to say. This isn't the kind of show you have to, like, quietly be like, who is? No, no, yeah. I know. I, I, I was just going to say, that. I was going to say, I, the one thing I do want to bring up before this is over, whether or not you wanted to ask it or not, is Spezza. Well, so I was sort of going to ask that then. Because... Rapid fire, I know you're late for a meeting. Rapid fire, one word answers, and your two options are staying or going. Okay, go. Jason Spezza. Staying not as a player. Oh, I like that. Interesting. Ilya Mikheyev. Going. Jack Campbell. Going. Peter Mrazek. Going. 
Uh, who else was on that? Mark Giordano. Staying. Oh. Uh, Labushkin. Uh, Ilya Labushkin, yeah. Honestly, don't have a feeling. Like, mm-hmm. I, I would literally be, I mean, I'm guessing, I'm educated guessing the other ones. That This one, I don't, I just don't know. Jake Muzzin. It's interesting it's even that much of a consideration. Well, because this is one that requires more than one word. Mm. Go for it. They love him. Like, they think he's so important in the dressing room. I think he played well in that playoff. He did. Yep. He did. Yep. But he's been through a lot, and he makes a lot. And I think that that, I think that, that might be the hard decision they have to make, one way or another. Oof. Like, I think that that might be part of what they really have to weigh. So I don't think it's written in stone either way. I, I would certainly not say he's 100% he's staying, but it, they love the guy. I'm telling you, from like management, coaching staff, his teammates, like he, that would be, if they traded him or if they moved him out in some way, shape or form, that would be a removal from their core and their view. Like we all define the core as the core four, but like they define him as part of their core. I mean, he's been there, what, three, four years, signed Mm -hmm. for a couple more. He's like the conscience in the room. Mm -hmm. Oh man. That guy's got soul. Wayne, Wayne Simmons? Staying, but might not be playing. Kerfoot. Going. Hall. Going. Morazic. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I think well, I did Morazic. Yeah, yeah, you did Morazic. Have Eng- I traded half the team now? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Engvall. Uh, staying. Okay, good. Uh, and Blackwell. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> That's a lot of change. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's so significant, potentially. right? Potentially. Right. Okay. And that's, you know, look, that's not all written... It's just right. educating. Well, us. you know what? We're going to hold you to that. And when you're wrong, I know what's going to happen. TSN's Chris Johnson. I know. When you're wrong, you're TSN's Chris Johnson. When you're right, you're SDPN. <laughs> don't forget North Star. North Star. I don't. Yeah. No, no. Let's flip a coin. Mm. <laughs> you got to hedge your bets. Oh, man. You see? So it works. See what he did there. I just know what my Twitter feed's going to look like now. But those are just feelings. Feelings. I also want to give. People, what I'm thinking, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, of course, yeah. There's, there's a line there, right? Because part of what we do, like, if if literally, if I'm on insider trading, I'm not guessing. Like, that's whatever I say there is very. <laughs> That'd be funny though, right? <laughs> <laughs> James. I don't know, <laughs> but sometimes, but sometimes when we're on a show like this, like it, you know, it's just sort of giving my sense of things. That's why we have know. you. We right. like your sense of it, right? So I remember I, I said Kadri was going to be traded. And he got cat. Yeah, he, he you got that traded. one right. Mm-hmm. He did go trade. Yeah. So let's bring up one I got right because I'm sure if we went back. <laughs> But if we went back and listened to that show, there's probably a few uh, wrongs mixed in there. Oh, you also got Babcock getting 20 games and then getting fired. And you did. So. You, not, you nailed that one. That was when you absolutely nailed right on the bullseye. They uh, should have fired him then. Yeah. Yeah. That's what Steve said. <laughs> now, keep in mind, though, that, that ended up becoming the first COVID season. Like, who knows? Yeah. No, I know. Do you know I what know. no one wants to say? What? The Leafs got screwed by COVID. Like, I know the world got screwed yeah. by COVID. In a lot but of the ways, Leafs were expecting the salary cap to go up, right? Were, there was oh, part okay, of that. Totally. Mm-hmm. Totally. Well, two things. They were expecting the salary cap to go up. That's significant every year because it had gone up every year. So it wasn't, that wasn't like, like that wasn't a lot. crazy thought. Yeah. That wasn't like me walking into a casino going like, this time I'm going to win. Like, <laughs> 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 like it, was, it, was a, it was actually a far more sane line of thinking than that. It wasn't just hopeful. Like there was reason to think that. And the other thing is the 2020 and 21 seasons like full credit to the lightning, but like those are messed up years. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know how we can judge any team in that. Like, I, you know, we don't want to get too deep in our feels here, but like, it was a hard time to be alive. Like 
the teams, athletes, everyone was just dealing with things. They never have the empty building games. Like they, they didn't really so want to play terrible. Columbus. It didn't seem like they wanted to be there in the bubble. I don't think mentally they got there. Honestly, no. um, it's not an excuse. I just like I think that's a reality. Like I don't think that they. Some teams didn't check into that bubble. Washington, Washington, Washington. <laughs> yeah. was the next team I was going to mention. Right, and I'm not sure as much as like yeah, you want to be like yeah, give your best every day, and you're a pro athlete. Like man, yeah. it was a hard time to be alive. And then, like, last year was so weird. All the games in Canada, no fans. Like, the Leafs did the best they could. But I'm just saying, their whole they were set up for those years to be whatever. And then they ended up being just crazy effed up years. And then now the cap's still not going up, and it should be up by now. Like, they should have more money to spend. Mm-hmm. What would the cap be, do you think? Ooh. That'd 90? be 90, right? Okay, so, because time is a flat circle. Right. So what year? 2019-20 was the COVID year, right? Yes. And it was 81 and a half. And now it's 82. And, and, and I, uh-huh. yes. And I think that they forecasted it before the pandemic hit at the GM's meeting in March 2020 to be going to like 84 Ooh. for the next season. So the next season would have been last season. So if it went up by another 3 million, it would be 87. And then if we were talking about what the Leafs or every other team had to spend this summer, it might be almost 90 or it, oh. could, it could be 90. I mean, Seattle joining the league. Yeah. And that's, yeah. and like we're talking, like maybe you just keep Hyman. And also yes. sad. <laughs> and, oh man! That and so, tough. and look at—they're not the only team that's. This has impacted every team, in, of course, in, in theory equally. But I think it impacted them worse because they had those guys locked up for those years at a fixed cost. Yes, a high cost, but that cost was supposed to get more and more manageable with each passing year because yep. you had more money being added to the books, and they didn't get that. And look at—no one around the league is going to take out a tissue and feel sad for the Maple Leafs. But it is an undeniable fact that the timing of COVID. With the timing of the core players they had locked up and the contractual decisions they had made could not have been worse. And I've never, like from them, they've never, like, no one there is whispering that in my ear. Like, I think that they're of the mindset, like, you just adapt to the circumstances and that's all you can do. But stepping back from 10,000 feet, I actually had someone who works for another team text me that after game seven. And he was just saying, he's like, you guys are all going to kill them. But remember, like, literally it could not have impacted them worse in a sense. Yeah. Because had they had to sign one of those guys today in the context of a COVID world and a context of a flat cap, I think you can negotiate the deals differently too. Yeah. And so anyway, that's how the ball goes. It's hard. And I can tell you as a general manager in NHL 22 that the cap does not hit 90 by 2023. So it was very difficult for me to make a bunch of signers. Are you still trying to win the cup? I, we were on hiatus because Austin Matthews retired and uh, everybody got kind of sad. So <laughs> we're going to blow, blow up the roster and then uh, try and do a rebuild. Can you start again fresh or yeah. too, too deep down? No, no. I, we're going to start again fresh with a new concept. Maybe keep idea. Tavares yeah. this time so we can yeah. renew the yeah. Con Smythe. <laughs> he <laughs> traded Tavares and then next year he won Raven. a Con Smythe and won the cup with Detroit. It wasn't great. Julian McKenzie, <laughs> staying or going? Staying. Yeah. Hey. You guys have done an amazing job with the CJ show this year. Obviously, this is not the last time we're going to have you on before the season ends, but um, you know, we love you. We love Julian and and thank you for everything you've done for SDPN in the in the first season, you guys together because it's been spectacular. I'm, and producer Nick. I'm getting the feels being back down here in the basement. Uh, it's, it's nice. Oh, I, it's I nice. still remember the night I was here in September and we announced the show. We unveiled it. I was sitting in this seat. You gave me a jersey. I should have worn it today, but it's summer outside. It's okay. It's too hot. Yeah. And <laughs> Do you know what, Julian and I, we are taping our 70th episode on Thursday. Wow. wow. Holy, wow. holy shit. <laughs> Which means our last episode was a very nice oh, one. Oh, yeah. Let's go. Six number. It was nice. Woo! 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 CJ, get in there. Woo! Get in there. I had 
had sex once. Sex. <laughs> yeah, and producer Nick's kicking ass too. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, follow him on Twitter at Reporter Chris for uh, North Star Gaming, of course. TSN and SDPN. Uh, Chris Johnson, one of our favorite people in the entire world. Thank you so much for coming to man. I am uh, pleased to be here, and hopefully next year we have a different tone of this. You know. <sighs> I'm not cheering for teams. I'm cheering for you guys. Oh, that's so nice. <laughs> I, want, I, want, I want you guys to be this happy. Guy. Uh, we're going to have this show in June yeah. one day. Yeah. It'll be June and we'll be talking to you. Guys, we almost did. It's May 18. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, because there's a pandemic and round one started June 1st. So, CJ, they lost in the Stanley Cup final. The, Where the, do they go from here? The 28th wave comes and takes us. <laughs> No. Sorry, uh, I shouldn't make pandemic. Jokes. No, it's no. Uh, no. I think but at this point you can. It's sort of like being like punch drunk, you know? Yeah, like oh, it's yeah. just like, oh my god, yeah. what's going on? If I mean, can't. you're living in it too. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I think it's okay. Yeah, <laughs> thank you, thank you again, buddy. It's been amazing. Yep, thanks to everyone.